You know, one of the things that you have to do is you have to follow your own conviction. I don't do flu shots. My family doesn't do flu shots. My kids don't do flu shots. Ain't no such thing as flu season. And you keep falling into that trap. You know, and it's funny because my wife would always ask them in all six cases, she'd ask them the same question. Let me ask you a question, doctor. She said, what is the purpose for the shots? Well, the purpose for the shots is to give them this thing so that then their immune system kicks in and fights it to become stronger. My wife would then ask, well, if you give it to them on purpose, and that's what the immune system does, why wouldn't the immune system do that if they just got it? Silence. Crickets. And so it's just common sense, you all. It comes back down to a trust in God and that did God create the human body to live off of immunizations, if that's what you call it, okay, for 6,000 years. Now, I'm not saying that certain things we have done in the past uh, were wrong, okay? We've had some pandemics, and, and they brought antiviral drugs and different things like that, not antiviral drugs. They did all these different type of drugs that helped with the situation. But when you get over that, that, there were real issues that happened in the past that killed millions of people. But when you get over into something where you just go to Walgreens to get your annual shot because it's flu season, uh, no, you can have that, okay? And people are amazed because, again, let me remind you, when we moved to Atlanta because we had so many kids, people in the neighborhood thought we had a daycare. <laughs> so next thing you know, we actually opened up one in our home. When we first moved here, we opened up a home daycare. And so, and so we were keeping like anywhere from, I think, six to seven kids, something like that. And my kids were smaller. So what was mysterious is that my kids, who had not gotten the shots, played every single day, five days a week, for eight hours a day, with the kids who stayed sick. Come in the house running noise. I stopped them at the door. No, you cannot enter. Just, I don't play that. <laughs> I like clean. And so every single day, kids just coughing, and then we clean the mucus out the nose, and, and just coming down. Just, I don't know why kids, parents won't clean their babies' faces sometimes at, at, at Walmart. Just, 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 <sighs> Every day, kids never, my kids never got sick, even though they, because, and guess what people say, you putting my kid at risk. How am I putting your kid at risk when your child got the shots? I thought the shots are supposed to keep them, you understand? And when you study the research, it's the children who got the shots that are most sick than the kids that don't. Now, don't feel bad if you gave your children the shot. Just the grace of God covers you, different things like that. You know, unfortunately, when I went to Nigeria a few weeks ago, um, they weren't going to let me in unless I got the I think it might be the malaria shot. Now, what's very interesting is this, is that I didn't want to do it when I talked to my people. And they said, we don't suggest you drop down in Nigeria and you don't have that yellow card. You might get hemmed up at the airport. And I said, okay, well, I don't need to deal with that. And y'all see me on the news, y'all over here praying and fasting to get the pastor back and all. And Nigeria, you can't play that. Nigeria, they bribes. I have, I've had, the few times I've been, I've had to pay bribes several times. Seriously. Just, you got, you got money over there, you can get anything done. When we came back to America, we went the wrong way. We paid the guy money, so he just let us go the back way through the airport. I could have had an atomic bomb in my backpack, but he just let me go anyway. You know, and so, but what was very interesting is I said, okay, fine, I'll just go ahead and get the little malaria shot. We looked at the side effects, they're very, very minimum, if ever. 
I said, fine, give me the shot. What's interesting is an older woman came in the room wanting to take my blood pressure. When she came in the room, my blood pressure shot up and I could feel it because she had the spirit of infirmity on her. I was fine. I was at peace till that woman walked in the room. She said, I need to take your blood pressure. I said, no, you don't. She said, no, we got to take it. I said, okay, fine. I said, but I'm letting you know, because based on what I felt, I knew that the reading was going to be off the chart and they might try to keep me. So I warned her. I said, now I'm warning you. I said, I'm Superman. I said, when you take this reading, I said, it's going to shock you and you're going to be alarmed. I'm just telling you that's normal. Now, my blood pressure goes up and down because I deal with different types of stress, but I, I, could, I could literally, it was almost like that thing had jumped up 50 points. I could feel it. And she left the room and it began to calm down. She took the reading and she was in shock. She said, no, th this, this has to be wrong. And, and she said, we're going to take it again. She said, try to relax. And I couldn't. I just, you know, I can't be sitting up there in the hospital room. And walking around. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak to peace. Next thing you know, I am in the hospital. And so I just tried to sit there and be calm. It wasn't working. It just stayed there. She took it again, and she just shook her head. I said, I told you it was going to be off. Okay, so I don't know what was over that, but I had to get that shot in order to go to Nigeria. But I'm going to encourage you, don't get duped into following the crowd. There is no such thing as flu season. What will make things happen is if masses amount of people believe it's flu season, then guess what you have? Um, a problem with the flu and all of these different type of things. And that's what they're not telling you. Y'all, when you have a child now, if you take all of the shots, and I'm probably low, I know that it's at least 20 different viruses that they inject into your child. The chance of your child getting two in 15 years is very slim, and they inject them with 20. And then it makes you predisposed when this other stuff pops up that they're doing in laboratory. So you gotta be very, very careful. We are now beginning to see that when it comes to this whole mark of the beast and all of those things, it's going to, let me tell you something, you all, Devon and I and other ministers, we were saying how, we were all like wondering for years, like how could the whole world be duped into stuff? You know what I'm saying? How in the world could the whole world be duped into taking a mark? And, and many Christians would do it. When this happened, I said, oh, I understand completely now. I understand completely. I mean, and, 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 and like I said, the thing that I was most disappointed at was how much the body of Christ cannot hear the Holy Ghost correctly. Why? Because there are five reverends down here doing it, so I'm going to do the same thing because I don't want to be the one standing up. I mean, you know, I don't do stuff based on what anybody does. Okay, and so I'm saying, so with that, let's go over this little small lesson to help you understand you are going to need wisdom in these last days, folks. You are going to need a serious amount of wisdom. When stuff happens, relax and begin to pray and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And you have to just wait. And let me tell you something. While you're waiting, turn the television off. Because when this whole thing happened, I didn't watch TV hardly at all. I would check my app on Fox News, see the first five, and then turn it right back off so that I could hear clearly. Because you won't be able to hear clearly in the midst of all of that drama, the same way that you can't see clearly in the midst of fog. So let me just do, we're going to do a nice little, nice little simple teaching. I always say that, but how I many you know something always happens? Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. And these are just some things I want to bring to your attention. And uh, unfortunately, we're moving towards the dimension of time when judgment comes to locate, okay, the sinner and the Christian, the faithful and the faithless. 
things begin to happen. So I told you to spend time in the word, but you didn't. So when this happens, it's going to judge you. I told you to spend time in prayer. You didn't. So now when this happens, it's going to judge you because you didn't spend time in prayer. You are not built up strong enough to hear the Lord tell you to move when he told you to move, y'all. Even when Jesus was born, uh, the angel told his parents, this ain't the time for drama. Go hide in another city until we tell you to come back. So there's a time to hide. There's a time to stand on the mountain and shout. There's a time to stay in the background. And there's a time to pull out both swords and run at a dragon at full speed. But if you hear incorrectly, you might lose your life. And that's very important. This helps you understand why some Christian ties. I know this is a sobering message. Y'all sitting here frozen, boy. And so, but, but y'all, this is, helps you understand why some Christians die. And I thank God they go to heaven. But if you can't hear correctly, that grace... You know, I mean, it's never mind. Let's just read the thing. Daniel chapter 12. You can look up here. At that time, Michael, the archangel who stands guard over your nation will arise. This is an angel revealing things unto Daniel. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations ever came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky. How many wise folk that I have in here? And those who lead many to righteousness, that's evangelism, or leading people to that which is right, will shine like the stars forever. But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end, when many will rush here and there and knowledge will increase. Now, let me just stop here for a second before I read the rest of this. Um... Well, let me just read the rest of it first. Then I, Daniel, looked and saw two others standing on opposite banks of the river. One of them asked the man dressed in linen who was now standing over the river, how long will it be until these shocking events are over? The man dressed in linen who was standing above the river raised both hands toward heaven and took a solemn oath by the one who lives forever, saying, it will go on for a time, times, and half a time. When the shattering of the holy people has finally come to an end, all these things will have happened. I heard what he said, but I didn't understand what he meant. So I asked, how will all this finally end, my Lord? But he said, go, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until that time. Many will be purified, cleansed and refined by these trials. But the wicked will continue in their wickedness and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. Now, the point that I stopped at for a moment He's telling Daniel all of this stuff about the end time. And then he said, now, I don't know exactly how he did this or et cetera, you know, but he said, lock this up, make it secret. No one will understand until that time. So the best way of saying it is, is that there is an invisible um, shield on top of certain scriptures. That no matter how many times you read it, the understanding won't come until you are living in that time for that understanding to come forth. So the problem is, is that, is that we've, now they didn't mean any wrong, so don't, I'm not judging anybody, please, that's the last thing I'm doing. So the problem is, is that we've had many men of God in the past who they thought it was the end time because of certain things that were going on, and they begin to try to um, interpret the end times based on certain things, and their books and their teachings are off because you weren't actually in that time yet. Okay? So, for example, one of the scriptures that we read, it says one of the times you, ways you'll know that you're in the end, it says everyone will go back and forth with speed and knowledge will increase. 
How many know we've been on the planet for 6,000 years and only in the last hundred has that come to pass? Especially, in, I am blown away at how technology has increased in just the last 10 years. And the last 20 is just mind-blowing. But there are certain things that needed to happen in order for you to actually understand that you were in that time of the end. The problem is, it's only the people who would be living during that time who would understand. And so, um, and so you heard, some of you, not a lot of you, some of you heard me, I, I taught on the book of Revelation, I don't know, about five years ago, I think. Did a systematic teaching every week on Wednesday. And some of you heard me say this statement that those who would be living in the planet during the last days, they would live in events that would be very, very surreal. When you really, it's the, the, that group that would live in the last things, things would happen that would scare them, would alarm them, would be almost like some type of dream situation. I know right in the midst of this shutdown thing, you know, I live in a very busy area in Powder Springs, and I still remember going out in the afternoon, and there wasn't one single car on the street. And that just felt so unreal, surreal. Just, it was just weird. I felt like it was in the midst of a zombie movie. And, and it was just so weird. And I was just like, the whole planet is like this. And so, you know, it's different when you have things that affect nations. Like when 9-11 happened. When 9-11 happened, that was actually a sign of the beginning of something. But it affected the United States didn't affect the whole world. The whole world watched it. They were in shock. But this thing affected the entire world. When things come on the scene and the whole world shuts down, the whole world is infected or affected, that's when you got to start paying attention. So, so this is another sign. I, I wasn't going to put this, but I got time to share it. I'm going to just say it. Yesterday I taught it. How many know that Jesus said, he said, before I show up, some of you heard this before, but it's worth repeating because I have some new people. Jesus said, before I show up, he said, the days will be like the days of Noah and the days will be like the days of Lot. Okay, everybody should start. Let me tell you, this is my new thing now. When y'all come to church next Saturday, Wednesday at the other location or next Sunday, you should have read through the Bible a whole lot more pages than you have. So if you started with Genesis chapter five, do not come here next weekend and you own Genesis chapter six. Should be in another book by then. Okay. So Noah's day, Lot's day. Now, in both cases, he said in those days, people were eating, drinking, they were getting married, they were building, they were doing everything as normal. Okay. In both scenarios, when you read them, it says in Noah's day, it says the whole planet had become wicked. It said that's all they thought about and did continually was wickedness. It says in Lot's day, in Sodom and Gomorrah, it said the whole city was completely wicked exceedingly before the Lord. Both case scenarios. Now, Jesus said, when I get ready to show up, he said, the planet will be full of wickedness. How you know there's some crazy wickedness going on out here? And a lot of it is hidden. When you find out what's going on behind the scenes, it'll scare you. Hey, I had a, never mind. I had a dream the Lord gave me last night about a movie star. If I mention his name, all of y'all will put his head down. And in the dream, he had kidnapped a child. And the Lord was asking me to rescue the child through prayer. If I say his name, y'all will start crying right now. There's some people doing some evil stuff that you don't know about, especially in Hollywood, or as my dad would call it, Hellywood. He said, because all of them was going to hell. <laughs> That's what he used to say. But see, let me some, to help you understand things. God does things in threes. Now, in Noah's day, it said everything, everybody was wicked except for Noah. But it brought out only one type of sin, sexual perversion. 
It says the angels slept with the daughters of men, and it was a high level of sexual perversion, and it said it produced half angel and half men. And so God came in and said we had to destroy everything, and then judgment hit. So back then, Jesus said it's going to be like this today. Back then, it brought out Noah, and it says everybody was wicked, but it only brought out the sexual perversion. Okay? Then he moved over to Lot. It says, wicked before the Lord exceedingly, but for some mysterious reason, it only brought out sexual provision. It says that every man and boy in the city was gay. Every man and boy. And rolled up the Lot house and asked to have sex with two angels. Sexual perversion. Okay? All of the wickedness, but it only for some reason brought out that particular one. Because Jesus said that will be the sign at the end is that you'll be right in the midst of sexual perversion again. Just like it was in Noah's day. Just like it was in Lot's day. Just like it is today. So those are the signs that you have to see. And so now you understand how we would not be able to see those signs if we weren't living in this generation. And so there are a lot of things. I know I don't have time to teach on all of the signs that are present here now to let us know. Oh, for real, now we're in the last days. Another one is, like I just mentioned, is that knowledge would increase. Now let me show you this also to help you understand why you're going to have wisdom. Because everybody is looking for the word, for the number 666. How many of you scared of 666? They want to lift their hands random. But let them go to a hotel and the number says 666. You'll be right back there in the lobby. I don't even need my money back. I'm just telling y'all I'm leaving. <laughs> they don't play with that number. But let me help you understand something. Let's read Revelation 13, 11 through 18. I encourage you to start reading Revelation. People say, I don't want to read Revelation. It's scary. It's only scary for folk that's going to hell. I love, that's my favorite book is Revelation. The beginning of Revelation doesn't say, when you read this, be careful because it's scary. It says those that read this, it's a special blessing that will come upon them if they read it. That's the first book in Revelation. Read it. That's what it says. So I know you may not understand some of this terminology, but I'm getting to a point. It says in verse 11, Revelation 13, then I saw another beast come out of the earth. He had two horns like those of a lamb, but he spoke like the voice of a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast and he required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. He did astounding miracles, even making fire flash down the earth from the sky while everyone was watching. And with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on behalf of the first beast, he deceived all the people who belonged to this world. Didn't say he deceived the whole world. It says he deceived all of the people who are worldly. There's a difference. People keep misinterpreting this stuff. <clears throat> he ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. He was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. No one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Wisdom is needed here. Let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. So when this shows up, it will not be 666. Only high-level spiritual folk will be able to interpret this thing here, and when they interpret the mathematical equation or the riddle, the answer will be 666. 
So everybody is looking for 666, you're already duped. Everybody looking for a barcode, you're already duped. This thing is a high-level mystery. The way you'll know it's on the scene is when they start saying, in order to do this, you can't be a Christian. And that's already going on around the world, by the way. Okay? I just heard a testimony in Nigeria about a group of, this is so sad. This is so sad. It was a pastor and his assistant pastor and they were coming back from his big church convention um, with all of their church members. And, and it was at nighttime, they were coming back, and they were pulled over by 15 armed bandits. Made everybody get off the bus. They were Muslim, and they said, oh, y'all the people that be praying against us, asking God to kill us because of our works. They said, well, we're going to kill you today. And they said, as a matter of fact, we're going to kill you um, um, unless you, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a tad bit tired. They said, if you don't denounce Jesus Christ, we're going to kill you. Now, this happens big time in India, in parts of Nigeria, um, and uh, definitely over in the Middle East. Man, they slicing heads off over there, bro, like cheese. I mean, it's just, I mean, I shouldn't have said that that way. That was a little rude. I can't believe I said that. That was dumb. I'm sorry. You know, you just be thinking and you don't see. So anyway. So, so they pulled them off the bus, and they said, so all y'all, I'm sorry, I made the, the story was wrong. They got on the bus. They said, all y'all get off the bus and said, if you don't denounce Jesus Christ, we're going to kill you, and nobody would get off the bus. And so, uh, and so, uh, so they said, well, um, they said, it's obvious that y'all are not true believers because you won't take a stand. And they said, this is actually a true story. They said one old lady got off the bus with her Bible, put it on her chest. She said, I'm going to take a stand for Jesus Christ. Because they were saying, you, you, you denounce him. <laughs> and she said, I'm going to take a stand. She got off the bus. When she took a stand, she said, then another one took a stand. And then they said six of them took a stand. I think it was like 30 people on the bus. Um, I'm sorry, not six. Eleven of them took a stand and said, you know what? You're going to have to kill me because I'm not denouncing Jesus Christ. And then the robbers noticed that the two preachers didn't get off the bus. He said, see, it's obvious that you guys are fake. So what we've done is we have decided that those that did not denounce Jesus, they will stay alive and we're going to kill the ones that's fake. That is a true story. OK, so why I shared that, I don't have any idea. It was just a good story to share at the time. You know, these things, you know, and I do this, Deborah, and. I don't know why I share it, and then somebody sure enough, <laughs> that story was for me. It saved my life. I was getting ready to denounce Jesus, you know, and become a, a Baptist Muslim. And uh, if you, y'all be surprised some of the stuff that I get y'all. Just like, what is that? Y'all just think I just come up with this stuff. The point that I'm making is, is that this thing won't be obvious. And the body of Christ that does not walk in a high level of wisdom and just stop having church services, they will lose. Because I'm telling you, what is coming, you're going to have to have a high level of wisdom. Do y'all remember that scripture that I read about? It said the beast gave life to a statue. Now, I don't have time to teach on this. I taught on this also. In the last days, the church will be at war with technology that is infused with the demonic. Now, back then, when he saw this, this was 2,000 years ago. So he didn't have the ability to know what a robot looked like. So they would call it a statue. Just like they saw helicopters, but they called them grasshoppers with great wings and they had fire in their mouths. And they said they had heads like snakes and tails in their back. They were talking about rockets. 
no terminology to explain something and technology that's 2,000 years ahead of your time. And so, so they said it gave life to this statue, and it says the statue had the ability to speak, and then the statue would not let you buy stuff, because those are computers. See, they don't have a terminology. So it's only those who live in that time, the Holy Ghost will give the wisdom to understand, to unfold the riddles, because it really is riddles, okay? And so what I told you about when this whole thing shut down, and I was up in Sam's Club, and I bought that, the Lord told me to bless that lady with all those groceries, and we got to the counter, and even though she had three kids, she put one bag of rice through, beep, another bag of rice, uh, she's like, sorry, ma'am, you can only get one bag of rice. I said, why? Well, they're only allowing you to buy one bag of rice, one loaf of bread, even one to come to feminine products, only one box. And I, you know me, she got three kids. This is what scared me. She said, it doesn't matter, sir. She says, they programmed the computers that way. When, when she said that, you know, I'm like, oh, I got it, Jesus, I got it. So, so this stuff is not going to just, this stuff is not going to just, you're going to wake up one day, you're going to see the Antichrist on TV. Now, I don't plan on seeing it. I'm planning on being taken up on the first dip. Y'all know what I'm saying. Okay, but this stuff is going to move in in waves. And you, that's why the Bible says don't judge anything before the time. Don't judge by appearance. As this stuff moves in slowly, piece by piece, it will begin to unfold. Now, as every piece unfolds, most ministries are going to think that they got the whole puzzle. When actually all you got is a piece. Everybody say, move slow. slow. All right. So with that, I just want to leave you with, because today is not an end time teaching, but let me tell you something. I'm going to keep telling you this because I have to be honest with you. Even though we get better results with stuff and all that type of stuff, still, still, most people, they come and they'll listen to the most glorious message and warning and they will go right back home and go right back to the norm. And I'm not the one. You can get me once, maybe. And you're going to have to be high level to get me. But after that, mm -mm, I'm going to create a whole city around my house. You are not getting me. The wisest thing, one of the wisest things you can do, folk, is go home like we said with that teaching we did and look at if everything shut down for three months, what would I need in order to have peace? And now every person is going to be different. Now, some guys will be like, man, I need five military rifles and a shotgun and, and all of that. Some individuals, they, they just like, they need, you know, a three-month supply of popcorn and Cheetos and, and all that type of stuff. Some people want a generator. You know what you need. What you don't need is Netflix. Okay? But I'm saying, you have to look at that, okay? Because that, for me, that made me a tad bit uncomfortable because I got, me, my wife, six kids, and two dogs, okay? And, and now, every time I go to the store, there's no toilet tissue. Every time I go to the store, there's no toilet tissue. Every time I go to the store, and then it started happening with the meat, you know? And I'm just like, no, no. And see, now with me, I'm a Jedi. So, you know, I know how to work around stuff. So let me tell you something. Let me give you all a hint, okay? When stuff goes down, don't panic. Talk to the manager or one of the employees, and say, hey, man, when do the trucks come in? Y'all know what I'm saying? 
Now you sit up there, you, you got an attitude, you're going off on all on plays. Where the bread? We don't know that, ma'am, because we don't make bread. We just put it on the shelves. You going off on people, cussing folk out and speaking in tongues, calling on Jesus and got an attitude, burning through the parking lot. No, relax. It's just one day. You have to use wisdom and think because the masses don't think this way. I went to Home Depot and this long line coming out the front door. I said, what is this? We're only letting a certain amount of people in the store. It's like, what? It's going to be about a 40-minute wait. And see, with me, I'm always thinking, okay, now how can I get around this law right here? I happen to look over to the right. I said, oh, there's an entrance where the plants are. Now, guess what you're not supposed to do? Hey, y'all, there's an entrance over here. (laughs) You're supposed to walk over there, just kind of peruse around. That's a Martin foolishness, ain't it? That's how you're supposed to do that. The Bible says, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. You get in trouble by telling everybody your escape plan. Now, you can't get through the door because it's a crowd because you told them. But that one lady at the door, she was watching me. Mm-hmm. And this is not an exaggeration. The next day I went there, that line was there. And I went over there and they had a big old rope with a sign, you cannot enter. Because of that crazy black man that was here yesterday. <laughs> Gotta ask questions. When is this truck coming in? Oh, well the trucks, I used to work at a grocery store. Well the trucks come in on Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm Tuesday and Thursday. What time? Oh, cool. Excuse me, what is the best time to be here in order for me to get, as I call it old school language, first dibs on this stuff? And they will tell you. And see, and, and, you gotta, and then, y'all, you got to be real nice. Be real nice. Because my wife had to deal with that situation. And because she was nice, the guy looked around. He said, you know what? He said, I got some stuff in the back. It's my stuff that I've been putting aside, but I'm going to give it to you. Y'all, you got, y'all, and you know, let me tell you something. God wants you to be in the midst of these things so you can learn how to think in a slick way and the Holy Ghost will direct you and everybody running over here and the Holy Spirit will say, wait, stand here for a moment. Now move. I mean, you got to learn this type of stuff. But you don't have to be in that situation unless, if you, unless, I mean, if you have saved up your stuff for three months. Bottle water. Y'all, they got food that's organic that lasts for 70 years. In buckets. Military uses this up. It's so, and I'm not saying you got to go that far, but I'm saying that you have to look and say, you know what, if I couldn't really go to the store for three months, what would I need in order to be at peace? God always wants you to be at peace. And so that's why sometimes it will tell you, safe, you should get a safe. Okay, now when we cash checks and do different things, I just, I'm just telling you what I do. I just take out $20 from that amount and I just put it in a particular place. Just start doing it. But if you forget, you can't forget because then when stuff hits, now you're panicking. And God doesn't want you to panic because now, guess what? Because you prepared, now when it hits, you are free and open to hear from God to be promoted. Because when these things hit, do y'all realize how many people became millionaires? Because they had money set aside because they knew that when the stock market went down, they just bought up a bunch of stuff. I know a guy right now. He dumped a certain amount of money, and I think his profit was, I think his investment was five grand, but profit is 60000 I just threw that in for free. 
So James 1, 5 through 8. I'm just going to share with you their spiritual responsibilities. Do this quickly. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. <clears throat> First thing is with it. I'm gonna, now, you're welcome to take pictures, but I'm also going to upload these to, our, to the sermon later on today. And the video I showed you is on our site right now. If you go to the box that says listen, you'll be able to listen to it. You can even email it, send it to another individual. Because we had to keep we had to keep playing this game. They have the computers engineered to locate where the video is if it pops up and shut it down. And we kept trying to grab it. <laughs> kept trying to grab it and we couldn't. So it was three of us working on it. And then finally, um, I called our tech person, which is Marche, and I said, Marche, we grabbed this video. She said, you should have called me. She said, I've been grabbed that this morning. So first thing is, is that in the midst of situations, ask God for wisdom. That wisdom will come through something that you watch, something that you read in the word. It'll come in the form of enlightenment. It'll come in the form of a dream. More and more as we move forward, the Lord is going to be speaking to you through dreams. We have an entire dream series that we taught on how to interpret dreams. And we're going to come back around and do that. Colossians 3.15. Passion Translation. Let your heart always be guided by the peace of the anointed one. Everyone say peace. And it says, let your heart be guided by it. <clears throat> the peace of the anointed one who called you to peace as part of his own body. And always be thankful. Stop complaining. Let the word of Christ live in you richly, not casually. Which means, like I was joking earlier, you shouldn't have gotten through one chapter by the next time I see you. You should have gotten through several books. The most important thing for every believer is the two legs, and that is prayer and word time. Praying as much as you can. You should have a minimum of an hour in prayer if you pray in tongues. And then a minimum, a minimum of getting through a certain amount of chapters, a minimum of an hour of word time, word time. It says meditate the word day and night, and you won't have to pray about being a success. I will make you successful because you obeyed the word time. <laughs> Always be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell, live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. So sometimes we don't have wisdom is because we weren't in the word. Apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with psalms and with festive praises and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the spirit. So sing to God with all your hearts. Let every activity, everyone say every. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. Two things here. One, ask for wisdom. The second one here was follow the peace of God and let the word of God dwell in you richly. We're giving you the paradigm or the formula in order to stay healthy as these things come in in waves. When it says let the Peace of God rule in your heart. That word rule means be an umpire. When you watch a baseball game, he determines if you're out or safe. How many of you have been in a situation and something looked good, but on the inside something said, don't do it? It could have been a date. How many of you ever been on a date? And everything looked well, and something said, this is a vampire. Okay? And it could be, it could be a, a, a guy that's trying to sell you a car or 
or a real estate agent that's trying to get you to get a house or how many been in a situation, hopefully this was your before Christ days, where your friend was trying to get you to go to the club. And someone inside told you, no, or watch this, go to a house party. My friend throwing a house party. House parties is one of the main ways that they kidnap women now. And they use other women to do it. I want to invite you to this house party. And, and let me tell you something. It just plopped in my mind, so I'm going to share it. You need to be watching your children at all times. I don't care if your relatives talk about you for the rest of their lives. If you don't have peace about them going over your cousin's house, keep their behinds at home. Because all it takes is one time. Y'all, you need to be watching your children at all. And the Holy Ghost will help you. Okay? My daughter Sophia is with me today. They normally go, all my kids usually go to the Saturday location. And we, when she was younger, we were at this, we're talking about the peace of God, being able to hear. And we were in Detroit at this big festival. And it's probably a million people, all close proximity, because it was a big fireworks show that they do on the 4th. And you just, just see a people, and they had a little small Ferris wheel and these rides and and it was also during the African festivals. So, you know, the Africans, they like bass. It's just boom, boom, boom. So it was that African bombada just playing all over the place. And, and I went down there with the kids, and my wife stayed up in the hotel. And I just said, with all of the African bombada music and all of the festivities and all the people, I got caught up, and I walked away from her. And, y'all, this is so powerful because in the midst of that noise and all of that music and all of those million, million of people, okay, all just walking around, I heard a voice of peace that says, where's Sophia? I will never forget that. Just like that. Where's Sophia? Right in here. And when the voice came, where's Sophia? I turned around and I see Sophia's not with me. She's way, I done walked away from her. She's way back there. And a person that just picked her up saying, where's your parents? Okay. So the Holy Spirit is there to help you with your mistakes, but you got to do your part to stay on top of that. Because if you're so full of rap music and all of this other stupid stuff that people listening to out here, that's full of you. When he says, where's Sophia? You don't hear that. You hear. That's what you hear. I know my stuff is comical and after a while, but you get the point, don't you? You know, when we do this thing on television in about a month, I can only imagine, I'm going to have to tone some of this stuff down. People be watching me not for the word, but for the antics. Anyway, I went to side story to side story. That's the peace of God. So when these things happen, you need to say, what is the Lord saying? You say, I'm getting ready to go out. All of a sudden, something on the inside is just like, hmm. Don't do that. And you want to know what it is. Why, Lord, why? Why, Lord, why? They're not going to tell you why. Because if they tell you why, then you think you can figure out a way to go around the system. That's why they don't tell you stuff, because they are protecting you. Because they know how we are. We just like the cat. Curiosity. Matthew six Don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen, and you will never, and that will never rust, decay, or lose their value. Now, he said, don't store up earthly treasures. Store up heavenly treasures. So without going into a deep teaching, here's a graphic. This is how you store up 
heavenly treasures. It's two graphics. You can take a picture of it. And it's not for the purpose of taking up space in your phone. Number one is worship and praise. Okay? <clears throat> you need to have a time where you actually, in your home, lift your hands and, or, and get on your knees or lay down on the floor, prostrate before the Lord. And you, or you lift your hands and you're giving God thanks at the beginning of your day. The, 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 the thing that I always say when I get up, the first thing I say is, Father, I'm entering into your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. I am grateful unto you, and I bless your holy and majestic name. And sometimes I might actually say that ten times, you know, and you think of things to say to tell God how much you appreciate him and thank him for where you are. You might not have everything you want, okay, but how many of you know it could be worse? So giving God thanks and praise, worship and praise, prayer, time in the word, tithe, offering, evangelizing, and serving. Those are, those are the seven basic things that you do to build up your treasure. And how much time you put in is how much treasure is built up. So it's going to be a different amount of treasure for somebody to praise a prayer on the way out the door versus somebody that might spend time in prayer for an hour. Okay, time in the word, tithe, offering. And you know me, I don't argue with people about the tithe and offering. Look, if you want to give God a, a, a penny, then you be on me. That's, that's the most freeing feeling is, ha, ah. I'm going to say this again. Someone would ask, why would your finances double and you didn't say anything, you didn't do anything? And it's because if, I always explain this to first-time visitors, you have to beg when your program does not match the blueprint of your ministry on the tables of heaven. It's very ignorant and stupid for God to start something and he can't finance it. But it's a blueprint. Every ministry is a blueprint on the tables of heaven. It's a blueprint. And then God calls somebody and asks them to build that blueprint and planet earth. In certain stages. That's why you can't do ministry according to what someone else is doing. Because their blueprint is different than yours. Lord had us wait for eight years. Someone else, they may not wait at all. If you follow the blueprint, then the finances will be given for the stage of the blueprint. But as soon as you start adding extra floors that they didn't want you to add, you got to finance that yourself. Hence, two and three offerings. Like after the second offering, another $50 mysteriously appeared in your pocket. And so that's why you have this issue where now because men have played so many games with finances and oh God, don't go to, now we are we, we're more prophetic than most people, but you go to these prophetic places. Oh, the Lord told me that there are five people here that's supposed to give $100. No, he didn't. You have a room like this, I guarantee you that this. Lift your hand if somebody in here got $100 right now. Lift your hand. I don't have to be hit with the Holy Ghost. Oh, it's, no. You get a crowd like this, there's going to be some people in here that got $100. There's going to be some people in here that got $1,000. There's some people in here that got $10,000. She shouldn't lift her hand, but she lifted her hand, $10,000. Don't be doing that. People be asking for a loan after service. <laughs> sit next to you after service. Where's that girl? I'm going to sit next to her. Father, you know I got needs. That's how people do when they know you got money. They sit right next to you and pray. Father, you know I'm not going to make it. I'm just believing you, oh Lord God, to manifest this money so I can keep the cable on. 
and watch my favorite program, Jesus. I know they put that sticker on my door, and I know that you're able. You're going to speak to someone, Lord, on today. Yeah, I got stories. I could write, I could write 500 books on this stuff. Yeah. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and what others are begging for, we will give you. That's the rule of this house. I don't do what other people do. I do what the Lord tells me to do, regardless to who talks about me. That's the reason why no area of this ministry is weak. And you have to do that with boldness. Okay? It was a whole lot with prayer time, the word, tithes and offerings. Evangelizing, serving. Jesus is the greatest servant. Got a revelation the other day. Never mind. He's the greatest servant. Next graphic. Your ability to forgive is how you build up treasure. How much humility you walk in builds up treasure. Oh, Lord, the biggest one is walking in love. Everyone knows how to walk in love until it comes time to walk in love. sacrificing for others and then persecution. I'll just read the one for persecution. Luke 6.22. Hold up. Well, I think they got the picture. Luke 6.22. What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow Jesus? When that happens, heaven said, be happy. Why? Leap for joy. Why? For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their family members did the same thing to other folk. So you crying when they talk about you. That's why I love for people to talk about me. Just make sure they're talking about you for the right thing, not the wrong. And you crying. And the Lord says, we allow you to be persecuted because that's the thing that builds up rewards for you on the other side. Sacrificing for others. Y'all, let me say something. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to look down. Everyone say, when you know better, you do better. Y'all. Always practice coming to the house of God early. It is the highest level of disrespect to come to the house of God late. High level of disrespect. You know, I look at my praise team sometimes, and, and y'all, they have to sacrifice. You know what they do? They got to spend their time and gas and money to come to rehearsal on Tuesday. Then they got to come back and do the same thing on Wednesday. Then they got to come back and they got to minister at our Saturday location. Then they get here early, an hour early, do that for people that just like y'all the house of God is not a club where you come and just kind of make a perusal visit to show people I'm in the house house of God is not a bank where all type of money is acceptable let me tell you something right now I'm free because I know the Lord is on my side when it comes to finances okay before I even opened up the church I was at Miles Rutherford Church worship with wonders I had tried to hide in the back he said, you trying to hide. Come forward right now. I came forward. He said, the Lord just gave me a vision. He said, right here in the pulpit. He didn't know who I was. Didn't know I was pastor. He said, the Lord gave me a vision. He said, what I saw, he said, was a funnel from heaven to all of these buildings. He said, are you, and it was so much money in the vision. He said, are you a businessman? I said, no. I said, I'm a pastor. He said, oh. okay. So I can say things freely. Let me say something. If you want to give, that's fine. But technically, when you don't tithe, your offering is not even an offering. You're just tipping God. I can say that because if everybody stopped giving the money, it still flow show up. I can say that freely. You know, most preachers can't say that. They'd be like, man, go on vacation too long. I was just checking on you. No, you're not. You need that tithe. That's what you need. They do that. 
I'm, people have sent me screenshots. So they passed her. They're going after a week. Make sure you come back and bring that tithe with you. See, I don't have time to beg for God's program. What does that look like? I'm sitting up here representing the kingdom and I'm begging. Okay, what I'm saying is you have to come to a place where, where you are willing to give God your all. See, we want everything from God, but give him the minimum. I want him to bless my business, but I can't even read the Bible. I want him to promote me, but I can't honor my wife. You're giving God the minimum, but you want him to do the maximum. So that's why he does the minimum, because you're giving him the minimum. I can say that, you know, so, but hey, you got to put yourself in a position. I have never had a person, there's somebody in here right now, and I can't remember who it is, but they had this dilemma. Oh, that's at the side of the location. He heard that. He came from another church. He had never tithed. And you know, I don't hardly mention this. Maybe I should mention it more, but for obedience sake, but I guess when I look, never mind. He, never, he heard about it. He said, you know what? I got to make a decision. Am I going to serve God with the minimum or the maximum? He did it. And within three months, y'all want to know how much you got to raise? 60 grand. And the Lord told him, he said, it's simply because of your obedience. Seek ye first that which is right, and you won't have to ask me for nothing. I'm never at the house praying, Lord, bring in the money, bring in the money. You know we got goals, Jesus. Yeah, it's my house. I know what the goals are. Oh, man. We've been all over the place, haven't we, today? We're almost done, y'all. We're going to be gone in two minutes. Let's finish this. Y'all still with me? Y'all not mad at me? You're not going to leave the church? No matter if you did, he replaced it with three people anyway. It's another word the Lord gave me. He said, watch it. And we count it. He said, every person that leaves, he said, I'll replace it with three. And it's always the same profile. If it's a Caucasian girl, he replaced them with a Caucasian girl. If it's a couple that's prophetic, he's musical and she's prophetic, he'll replace them with another couple. And sometimes it switches. He might be prophetic and she's musical. The next couple, he will be musical and she's prophetic. He always replaces them with the same type that left. And the replacements always have more humility and usually double the amount of money. You don't get that at the typical church, do you? See, there's all the secret stuff that I've learned that allow. See, what you do in secret, the Lord will reward you what? Not what you ask for openly, not what you prophesy openly. It's what you do in secret. And nobody knows what I do in secret, except for my family. All right, let's finish this. Revelation 20, 11 through 12. As you're practicing the first two graphics, there are four things that will be recorded. Number one are your actions. I saw a great white throne and one sitting on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. So as you practice your life every day, the first thing that's being recorded is every single action. Number two, your words, Matthew 12, 35, 37. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit or condemn you. You can ignore this if you want to. So your actions are being recorded and your words are being recorded. I can't even remember everything I said this morning to my wife before I left. But they did. It's recorded. So it will behoove you to learn how to speak well. Okay? You know what I'm saying? I was watching a video the other day, and it was showcasing all of these people. And because I'm practicing this, because it's on three levels, 30, 60, and 100, I'm practicing this, and I saw something, 
And as I'm as I'm looking at it, I kept my mouth closed, but I could hear the words stop. I kept trying to make fun of this individual and, and that individual. And, and because I'm practicing trying to get perfect at my speech, when you start practicing that, it'll drive your mind crazy because you might not say it out your mouth, but it's stuck in your mind. And as it's stuck in your mind, then you realize just how much negative talk you were doing. Next one are your thoughts, Malachi 3.16. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they had to say. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. They will be my people, says the Lord. On the day when I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. Then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who just talk a lot. Okay? So your actions are being recorded, <laughs> your words are being recorded, and your thoughts are being recorded. Now, we're not talking about idle thoughts. We're talking about the ones that you hold on to. Because the devil has access to your mind, not your heart. He has access to your mind. How many of you will admit this? And if you don't, we can end the service and we can have a deliverance line for liars. <laughs> How many of you know that in the course of a day, there is going to be something absolutely crazy that runs through your mind? You can lift the other hand. If we can levitate, we do it. You can do jumping jacks. It's going to be something crazy. How many ever done this? You just be sitting there and you're like, oh. <laughs> like, what was that? Yeah, just a devil flying past on the airplane. Take that for a moment. Something hit me last night. Just came out of nowhere. I was like, see, here you go again. So we're not talking about something that crosses your mind, but the Bible says cast down every thought and imagination that exhausts itself against the world. Okay, so it's, it wouldn't ask you to cast stuff down if it wasn't going to be planted. But it's the, one, the ones you're judged about are the ones that you hold on to. That's why the Bible says, if a man lusts after a woman in his heart, imagination, you've actually committed to sin. Because whatever you hold on to, all of the forces you can't see begin to go into motion to bring it into reality. Because what you hold on to is real. I got a friend of mine, Pastor McKinley of Divine Generations Church, came out of this ministry. He said something that was so good. He said, your imagination is a movie in the spirit realm. It's real. And the last thing they record are your tears. Psalm 56, 8. You keep track of all of my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle and you have recorded each one in your book. So when you stand before God, they're going to have a book of your actions, a book of your thoughts, a book of your words and a book. It's called the book of tears. Okay. And, and they're going to analyze, see, this situation is what you were crying about, but this was the reality about it. Okay? How many of you know that's a lot of recording? I always tell people, you are being watched. And not from sunup to sundown. You are being watched, and then when you go to sleep, you are being talked to through dreams. Because heaven never stops. Record, speak. Record, speak. Now, during the day, we're recording you, but you've been doing things that you shouldn't be doing during the day. So as a result of that, you're foggy and you can't hear what we're saying. And the Bible says God speaks to you once, then he speaks a second time. But because you don't have the ability to hear him, he then comes to you in a dream to turn you away from four different type of decisions. Now watch this. We can't hear. We don't understand the dream language. And then we wonder why we failing. But now at this place, everybody is going up. I said every place, everybody is going up. Last scripture, 1 Corinthians 3, 9 through 15. 
You are God's workers, you are God's field, and you are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I've laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. Whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. No one can lay any foundation other than the one we've already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation can use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. On judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, you get a reward. But if it's burned up, you will suffer great loss. The builder may be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. That's my last scripture, by the way. So I close with this. Everything that you do, everything that you say, and everything that you think, and everything that you cry is all put into one of those six categories. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or stubble. First three are the categories of good decisions. The bottom three are the categories of bad decisions. Some of you heard me mention this before, but as some of you that are members, you're going to have to get constantly used to me sharing the same stories for newer people. Okay? Gold, silver, jewels. God does, people think seven is God's favorite number. Incorrect. It's three. He does everything in threes. Threes, 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 threes. Trinity is three. Okay? I mean, just everything is three. It's, it's over-dominant in Scripture. Gold, silver, jewels, category of good decisions. Wood, hay, stubble, category of bad decisions. Add fire to all six, it burns up the bottom three, but it only purifies the top three. Gold, silver, jewels, Bible says it another way. Perfect, good, acceptable. Bible says it another way. It says hundredfold, uh, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. Everything is put in the category of three. Most ministries never move to the end of thirtyfold before they die. This ministry is just not moving to 60-fold, okay? So you see those categories of three. In school system, A, which is perfect, B, which is good, C, which is acceptable. In a race, first place, perfect. Second place, good. Third place, acceptable. Y'all got that. So everything that's being recorded is being put into a formula. How many know that's a long formula? And then when you stand before the Lord, they say, okay, we got everything on record. And they have the ability to play all four scenarios of your life, even if it's 80 years, they can play all four scenarios of 80 years in one moment. And you comprehend it. That's the technology up there. And you got to, and then, or it might look like this. The angel's going to take you in front of this thing. And you're like, what is that? This thing is like 100 miles wide, 100 miles high. They say, oh, that's the building that you built, built based on your actions and your thoughts and your words and, your, and, and everything else. That's my building? Mm-hmm. You get excited. Hold on. Set it on fire. And every single thing that is in that wood, hay, and stubble that burns up, you lose a reward. How many of you know that's sobering? That's why I keep trying to get better every single day. Every single day, getting better and better and better and better. So in the midst of all of this drama, don't fall off the wagon because this is the greatest time to build up heavenly rewards forever. And the more you sacrifice, that's the multiplying factor. That's why the scripture always uses multiplication. Now, self-deception is to hear that and then go right back to the same old way of doing things that you did before. As a high, I, I always feel that conviction come into the room because people thinking about the person that they gave the bird on the way to church this morning. 
The crazy thing is with that reward system, that's very insane and it's very detailed and it's very extreme, which means you can be constantly adding to it. You can constantly be taken away from it. There are some people, they ain't adding nothing to it because they spend the majority of their time with worldly things, worldly music, worldly friends. They're doing nothing. Yet they claim that they love God. And Jesus said, why you say you love me, but you don't do what I say? He said, only the folk that love me are the ones that do what I say. Anybody can say that they love you, okay? The majority of men that beat their wives say that they love them. You know what I'm saying? They don't mean nothing. Words, talk is cheap, okay? And actions are very expensive because it takes sacrifice and time. So I'm just encouraging you. I know it was multiple things on multiple levels. And I said I was going to keep it simple. I don't have the ability to do that. <laughs> but I'm just letting you know. That, what you just saw with the coronavirus, that was stage one. That's the, that is, we have now entered into something. If you don't think these government officials and everybody is, are working behind the scenes with plans, you got another thing coming. And yet the church is called to beat that and operate at a high level. Bishop Oyedipo's church, my spiritual dad in Nigeria, they are so powerful, he wasn't canceling nothing. He said, you got another thing coming if you think I'm canceling anything. And, they, and the government begged him. They said, sir, you got about two million people following you. Would you please do this as to not cause confusion? So Bishop Oyedipo has not gone back to public services yet. He's only doing it for one reason, and that is, He's trying to help the government with not causing confusion, okay? But that's where we are going is to create an empire. That's what the Holy Ghost said, create an empire. We don't even call it a church. We call it a war machine, an empire. So that as these things come in, they're like, yeah, my previous pastor in Michigan, some of y'all know him, Keith Butler, because he knows what the truth is. He sued the government. He didn't go for the mayor. He sued the government. And, and when they saw the documentation, they didn't even let it go to court. They said, we give. Go ahead and have your church services. 5,000 seat sanctuary. Okay, he knows his stuff. They said, because they knew. But see, what happens is, is that most of the preachers, they don't know anything. They might be good at preaching, but they're not wise. And I'm not saying it to be a negative slap towards them, but it's just a huge wisdom problem. And then they get on social media, you see them all together, they're having meetings all together, and they're all feeding off their ignorance, thinking they're in the will of God. Begging. And yet, so that's a virus. What you gonna do when the next one hits that's supposed to be like a hornet? And it's going to seek out people that are not living right. And it says it will look for folk that's not in the will of God. And it says it will, they said the quarantine will not work this time. Nothing will work. This stuff is meant to back off the righteous and let them know the end is coming. Because with God, his love is so great. Okay, you won't do it after the hearing. You won't listen to your mama and you won't listen to your dad and you won't listen to the preacher. You won't listen to the prophets. You won't listen to the missionaries. You won't listen to anybody. You talk about the televangelists. So since you won't listen, let's go to phase two and let's see if we can scare you into the kingdom. And that's still love. And so now we who live for God are in the season when God has to scare some folk in. But he can't scare them in and the ones that's living right, they're scared. Not recognizing what God is doing. And that, hey, y'all, I need you to set aside a little savings because I'm getting ready to make everybody broke. I need you to set aside some food because I'm getting ready to make some stuff happen and use what the enemy is using to scare some folk in. So I need y'all to be prepared, just like he told the children of Israel. Uh, excuse me, a special news bulletin, death angel coming through, so I need all of y'all to put some blood on your marker so the angel don't get confused and kill the wrong folk because you didn't prepare. So, this is the time.
We're getting ready to move with speed. Everything with this ministry now, evangelism, crash course. We're going to do a lot of crash course on this side. I'll be calling some of you individually. Crash course with uh, spiritual growth. You have to move very, 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 very fast. And this is the season. There's a dream that the Lord gave me years ago that could confirm. Forgot about the dream. And it was when I was buying all of the television equipment, the Holy Spirit said, you remember the dream? I almost fell out. It was confirmation that what I was doing at this moment was correct. But it was eight years. Okay, so y'all good? I hope I didn't overwhelm y'all today. Were y'all bored? Are you like, no, not with your foolishness. So I'm just encouraging y'all, take this stuff seriously. If you got questions, call me. You got access to us. Call us. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start reading. I don't know how to pray. I, I don't pray. Oh, you better start asking you all because whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, whether you think you got time or not, it is another thing when you stand before the throne of God and the Bible says that it is so awesome that when it appears, the solar system tries to run away. And you're going to stand there with an excuse? Won't be no excuses because God ain't an excuse hearer or maker. Well, you know, Lord, the pre he didn't even make it in. <laughs> you know, my grandmother, she made it in, but I bless individuals, not groups. You just got saved because of your grandmother's prayers. That's why we went the extra mile to get your behind in here. But you've lost her entire reward because you thought that I created the Bible to sit in your back car to show people that you were spiritual. And that's hard. And preachers won't preach that because you know why? Because... These people nowadays, they're just as fickle as a cat that ain't had no milk in the last five days. I don't even know where that example came from. They are just fickle. And if you're telling the truth, I'm leaving. Wonderful. You got two exits to pick from. That's me. This place only draws people that want God. It does not draw people that want church. Then over time, my wife is grieved by it. She says, she tells me all the time, she said, Ofa, she said, you know what's grieving me? I said, what? She says, when we do this, she said the other preachers will have no ability to catch up. She said because it's been birthed in secret, in humility for eight years. And the only way for them to do it is they will have to literally tear down their entire process and catch up because they're going to wonder, how y'all doing this? Because what we're doing in secret. You got to be different to make a difference, folks. And this ain't about church. This is not about name. When y'all see some of the trailers and commercials you're doing, you're be like, this is some crazy mess right here. Oh, we way out there. So we wait. But y'all, the time, this is all about getting your cousins, your relatives, your neighbors into the kingdom. Because when it's open, I wish I could sometimes just put what's in here on the inside of you. And I can't. I wish I could put what's here on the inside of your mind. And I can't. Because if you knew how serious it was, I'm telling you, the things that I have learned just in the last two, three months. I'm going to let you go. I know I should have been let y'all go. But the things that I've learned just in the last two, three months has shaken me to the core just when it comes to heaven and how it operates. And just what is going on behind the scenes. People would rather go to the church and fall out and shout and learn. I was telling people, you can't, never mind. It's strange to see a quote-unquote African-American church where the people don't constantly say amen. Why? That's why we're so dumb. I don't mean that ignorantly. Dumb. Because you're going to church. You know, there's a lady, she just came to, uh, was it this location or the other one? I can't remember. 
And she was, oh, I remember who it was. It was this location. And she was just so impressed. And it was, it was a lady. She was just like, she was just flabbergasted. She was like, sir, she said, this is the first time I've gone to church in all my life. And I understood. She said, I see them doing all of this stuff. And, and I'm not saying all of this wrong. She said, I see them doing this and saying that. She said, I just can't, I can't comprehend all of the stuff that they're saying and the stuff that they're doing. And I, I don't understand. And she said, that when I ask, they don't have the ability to explain it to me. What are you doing this for? You know what I'm saying? You know, but for some of these guys, they look at this as a way for them to be a stepping stone on your shoulders. And that's where I close. I'll say this again. The difference between most ministries is this. One ministry, if I'm the pastor, my floor is your ceiling. With that, I just need you to join the church. Make sure you give your money. Find a place to serve so we can make room for more cattle. Ain't interested in your ministry. Ain't interested in your gifting. Ain't interested in your dream. Ain't interested in nothing except for me standing on your shoulders so the world can see me. As they say, some people climb the mountain to be seen. Other people climb the mountain to see where to go next. And you have our style, which is, if I'm the pastor, my ceiling is your floor. That's why people that's been here, yeah, they say all of a sudden, all of a sudden, stop being afraid. How many of y'all, some of you that have been here for a minute, this is what the, the biggest thing we hear people say when they come to this church. You see, that stuff that you say, I knew that 20 years ago. And I said, well, why didn't you walk in it? Because I let Reverend such and such talk me out of it. I said, see, there you go. Believe in Reverend such and such instead of the Bible. And there's so many people that are just afraid of God and want to please God, don't know what to do because Reverend such and such. such. My, let me tell you something. Yeah, I'm a, my wife, whoo, Jesus, my wife in life. Whew. My wife said something. She's been saying it several times. She said, Otha, she says, I know for a fact God and the devil <laughs> she said because the Lord well let things happen that he uses his advantages she said one of the biggest things the Lord used with this coronavirus is to shut churches down that were never called to open in the first place they only existed based on begging the people but now you couldn't because you didn't have an have have online giving pro- platform in the first place. She said, now, and she said, here's the sad part. She says, the majority of people that go to churches are already shaky because they ain't getting nothing. She said, now, these people have gotten used to being at home, chilling on Sunday, and it's real easy to stay at home from church when you wasn't getting nothing in the first place. Girl came to service yesterday, one of our teenage friends. She said, this was wonderful. She said, because it was relevant. They don't understand. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) I go online on Sunday mornings and I'm just like, are y'all serious right now? Y'all don't see how embarrassing this is? (laughs) Touch my will. (laughs) And while you shouting, I'm like, dude, your lungs about to come out your throat in a second. Ain't nobody trying to hear that. Jesus up there with earplugs on like, here they go again. And I'm making it a little bit comical, y'all, but they actually believe that this is what Jesus did and how he taught when he walked around. And let me tell you something. Right, then I'm done for it. Then we got to go. I've got another program going on. I'm sitting up here just holding y'all up. I'm sorry. But now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, no, no, I remember. I remember. Y'all, you know why God can't to- take most churches to the top? Because all of them antics in the service can't go to the White House. See, the, the prophets that I got, they could do that in the White House. 
because they ain't slapping five people down and putting towels on them. And, and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Sometimes you're supposed to act crazy with the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? It's a balance. But when you go over into business affairs and you got to now prophesy to an AT&T executive, you can't bring in one of them cloths and got somebody there to catch them. And, and, and y'all know what I'm saying. You got to simply go on there and say, this is what the Lord says. Boom, boom, boom. And there are a lot of kings and there are a lot of important people. They have those type of prophets next to them. When the Lord calls you to do something, it's not meant for the inside of four walls. It's meant for the world. But your presentation can cause the world to scoff at it. And the only people that will receive it are religious church folk. And that's the reason why we did things different. I ain't interested to folk that's already saved. I'm interested in the heathen. They're going to say, wait a minute. This is something <laughs> we've never seen before. So it's a whole blueprint. Y'all with us? Go ahead and stand. Thank you, O Father. Lift your hands. Just pray in the Holy Ghost for a second. Father, we thank you. Lift your hands. Give God thanks and praise. Ask him to seal the things that were shared today on the inside of you. Every word goes in as a seed. And like Jesus told the disciples, he said, everything that I'm sharing with you right now, it was a lot. You won't be able to process it all, but the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance at the proper time. And so I put a lot on the inside of people. I actually force feed you, but the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance when you need to hear it the most. So Father, we give you thanks and praise. We bless and honor you. We magnify you. Glory be unto your holy name, O Lord God. We thank you. Thank you, O Lord God, for keeping us on the cutting edge of what you are doing in this planet. Thank you, O Lord God, for honoring us because of the price that we have paid and we are continuing to pay in secret. And it is an honor and a privilege to pay that price. Help us, O Lord God, as we go to this next stage to not be prideful, but to humble ourselves even more. Help us to carry ourselves in such a way where men, O Lord God, will not be jealous or scoff but we will carry ourselves in such a way that men will see that we are approachable so that they can learn. Thank you, O Lord God. Many are called, few are chosen. We are part of the chosen. I thank you, O Lord God, for every single ministry, every single business, every single relationship, every single plan. Thank you, O Lord God, that you will breathe on it and take it to the next level. Thank you that we will be a people known amongst the wicked and the righteous as a people who do great exploits. Thank you, Lord God, for constantly revealing unto us wisdom to keep us on the front edge of the battle, but to keep us safe. So, Lord God, that we can rise above all of the ties that will come up in the world. We thank you for your grace that keeps us protected in the midst of all of these things, for there is nothing that we need to be afraid of. We bless and honor you. Thank you for it. At all head about all eyes are closed in prayer for a moment. If you're here, if you're not sure you're saved, it means you're probably not because no man can truly be saved and not know. So if you're not saved or you want to rededicate your life to Christ or you want to be sure you're saved, just step out in the aisle, walk towards the back. We have a minister that'll take you to a private room and just minister to you. You want to be sure, do not play because there are things that are being created by the dark side to look at you and mess you up if you are not right with God.